Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds. I'm your host, Peter Sirs. What's up? I've been doing a really bad job of remembering my sponsors. So before we start, <laughs> uh, my sponsor, this podcast is sponsored by my good friends at performa.com. You're welcome. I love them. Actually, they're called the perfect shaker. Now they went back, they changed their name, but um, I've been with them for years. They've been with me for years. Uh, if you want shaker cups, fitness accessories, whatever, um, go to perfectshaker.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds, the word 10, the word pounds, you'll save 15% off of your order. Um, and then also Bucked Up. We know Bucked Up. Uh, I take all their supplements, vitamins, protein powders, pre-workout, all that stuff. Um, Bucked Up, I use them, man. And I wouldn't tell you guys about it if I didn't use it. So uh, go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10 pounds, the so number 10, the word pounds, and you will save 15 20% off your order. I'm a horrible fucking brand ambassador. Sorry. Um, okay. So you guys, uh, sorry. I, we missed you guys last week. Um, people are fucking flakes, man. It's what it is. Just telling, I was just telling Mark earlier. Um, we have a guest back in studio today. I'm very excited. Um, I've never met her until about 10 minutes ago, yep. um, but she comes highly recommended from people that I trust. Um, but uh, like me, um, she... I'm assuming you produce your own special, mm -hmm. um, which you guys know I did not too long ago. So I have a lot of respect for that. And we'll talk about that. But we're going to get to know her together. I'll get to know her as you guys get to know her. Um, her special right now is available on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's called Half and Half. And she's in the finals of the Uncle Clyde's Comedy Festival. I'm assuming that's at Flappers, Flappers um, yeah. at a date to be determined. So if you guys hear this on Thursday, uh, what what's today june what i don't know what today is i don't know what today is either the 20 <laughs> the 28th you guys will probably hear this on thursday the 28th it's not tonight so you'll still have a chance to go see her i'm sure she'll post it on her social which we will include um in the the show notes thank you um so anyway ladies and gentlemen we're gonna get to know her together please welcome comedian and producer and any other titles that i might have left out i think those are those uh are. olivia flood wiley <laughs> hello Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. You found it kind of okay. We got I lost. I got only a little lost. I'm sorry. That's fine. It's LA. Um, so this is I, I, this is the first time in a while that I'm getting to know somebody on my podcast. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So you're and you're getting to know me too. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's fair. Um, so first off, you're from LA, mm -hmm. which is not common in these parts. Yes. Like me, I'm also from here. What, what part of LA? Did you um, so my, my parents from East LA, I kind of lived in East LA for a while. Um, and then we moved out to the IE for a while in the Empire. I don't know if you guys, if you know where that is yeah. or not, probably make fun of it if you're from LA. But... I'm from the Valley, so people make fun of us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and then I moved back uh, when I was pretty much like when I was in college and it's, you know, it's, it's what it is, man. This is home, mm -hmm. you know, it's weird because not, especially like in like different industries, comedy, acting, whatever, like no one's really from here. Yeah. So when you meet people that are from <laughs> here, you're like, oh yeah, what's up? <laughs> what was your experience like? Yeah, I, so I never wanted to come back to LA. I did not, <laughs> I did not enjoy growing up here. Interesting. Um, How come? I just felt like um, there. I, don't, I was a weird kid, and I felt like there was an emphasis on sort of like appearance at a young age that I felt filtered down from the industry uh -huh. amongst the kids that I spent time around. That made me really uncomfortable. Okay, I think especially as a as a late bloomer that was right. really hammered into my face. Um, you, were, you were really what? It was really hammered in just oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I think it's weird to have like a bunch of beautiful 15 year olds around. I, I don't think that's good for character development. It, I, I, I can tell you from personal experience, I did not have a bunch of beautiful 15 year olds cause I went to school in the hood. Mm -hmm. So we're not as pretty, <laughs> uh, but I was also a late bloomer. I feel mm -hmm. like I was really dorky. I want to say ugly kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like awkward. I had buck teeth for sure. Huge overbite. Um, so bad acne, awful acne. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I get it. Probably different for a girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have acne, but like, it, <laughs> like uh, which all the ads told me I would grow out of by now. I'm 28. Bastards. That was really unfair of them. Um, but yeah, I just, I just didn't like it here. And I, I don't like driving and I didn't like Same. being in cars. I um, like driving, just not here. Yes. Which yeah. is annoying. Um, and so, yeah, I told my whole family, I was like, as soon as I turn 18, I'm out of here. And I love my family, but like, I just yeah. didn't like LA. So I, yeah, I went to college uh, upstate. Um, and then- You can say where you went. Don't don't be modest. <laughs> I went to UC Berkeley and then- Go Bears. Uh, right. Go Bears, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I um, moved to the Netherlands um, right afterwards. Did you graduate in four years? 
No, I took a year and a half off in the middle to oh, yeah, do right. like you lived in Yosemite. I lived right? in Yosemite, yeah. So yeah, I did let's like talk a about classic. Yeah, this is it. And, okay, so I am just meeting Olivia. However, I watched her special half and half on YouTube. Um, so I learned a lot about her in watching her special because you talk about yourself. I talk a lot about. A lot. That. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I we do not have similar styles of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um. But I am also like a storyteller. So like I feel like someone watches me for an hour, they're going to have a good idea of what I came from. And, you know, I think it's important to, Mm -hmm. for me at least, to tell my story, which you did a great job of as well. So, but I I did hear that in your special that you moved to Yosemite, Mm -hmm. which is, I I would love to hear about this. Yeah. So I I did a pretty classic uh, move. I was super depressed. So I dropped out of school. and then moved to the woods to live in a tent for a now, while. Now, Yosemite so, is near Berkeley, so it's not like... I mean, it's about a four-hour drive. Oh, really? It's still really? quite a ways in. That's so far. Yeah. I thought it was closer. Um, although about an hour of that is just like the windy mountain roads at the right, end. Right, right. That take a long time. Um, but yeah, and I worked at a general store there. Um, Which means what? Like I was a cashier. I just had okay. like a service job. They, and they then sell like... It's like a grocery... They sell like coffee and like basic supplies okay. for like the people who live there um, uh-huh. or people who come to visit. At right. the, I was at a place they call housekeeping camp. Um uh-huh. Which just means that they have showers and laundry there. But it's just another place to stay. Which, by the way, I would need... I would not... <laughs> I don't do camping. Anyone that knows me personally knows that I don't... Just don't even ask me to go camping. Um, that's the LA in me, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, I would need a shower. Yeah. For sure. I, I grew up, we used to go to Yosemite for a week every summer. That was like our big vacation is we would go tent camp, um, for a week. So you would camp. Um, yeah. Like camp camp. On purpose. Yes. On purpose. Yeah. Um, that's the white people shit, (laughs) right? Oh, I'm violently, not violently white, but yeah, that has a whole other connotation, yeah, yeah. but extremely white. I yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I think we would, there was like one big day where we would all go shower. So we got one <laughs> shower the week that we were there. Nope. Yeah. Um, and the, even when I worked there, so the, the employee housing that I was in, it was a wood floor, but it was canvas sides. So it was a, a tent cabin. Uh-huh. And then you had a bear box outside your tent. A what? A bear box. So like where you store your food so the bears oh. can't get into it. Oh, okay. That's I, I Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it I know was, nothing about camping because <laughs> I've never been camping. Yeah. It was a communal uh, bathroom and communal kitchen. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's got to be an experience, though. Like, it sounds it awful as yeah. an adult, <laughs> but like as a, you know, 20 something, you know, mm-hmm. discovering herself and whatever, like, and, yeah, it was like great. you said, depressed and whatever, like, it's got to be the experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend if um, you're okay being physically uncomfortable and uh, you're looking to sort some shit out. <laughs> physically uncomfortable. How so? Oh, just in, you're like dirty. Yeah, you not, don't really want to. Doesn't work trip. for me yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> I, I like hiking, like mm-hmm. real hiking, not like LA hiking where you walk up and you're everyone's on their phone and whatever. Like like real hiking, like mm-hmm. when you use your hands and like, but that's right. like. Because I know it's going to be over in yeah, a few hours. at the end hours. of the day, you go home and you have a nice shower. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that shower when you're dirty is the best. The best you're like, one, oh, yeah. this feels so good. <laughs> but yeah, no on that. But also, like, I feel like you have some stories. Then we kind of ask you a question. This is, I mean, it's not unrelated, but it's like, are you afraid of bears? I, I'd say I'm a little more afraid than you would think for someone who chose to live in Yosemite. Because I'm, that's like, bears are one of the only animals that I'm, like, afraid of. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not, you can't outrun a bear. No. You can't outclimb a bear. You can't out, like, you're not stronger than a bear. No. So, like, that's the animal that I'm, like, like, I'm not really afraid of snakes. Like, I'm not going to get near a rattlesnake or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not afraid of them, like, because they don't have any hands. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I have the advantage or like even like dogs, like because I run a lot and I get chased by dogs a lot. Mm -hmm. And people are like, aren't you afraid? Because there's a lot of dogs like, I mean, everywhere, especially like in the country, which I spend a lot of time in the country. Mm -hmm. Like people just don't have like front yards or like gates for their dogs just follow you. And like, I don't have a problem kicking your dog. I will kick your if if, because I'm I'm not going to let it bite me. But when people tell me they got bit by a dog, I'm like, so you just didn't fight back. (laughs) You let yourself get bit by a dog right but a bear like i'm not i'm I'm scared of a bear like a bear would fuck me up yeah what's funny is like california black bears are pretty small and pretty easy to scare as far as bears go but it is 
alarming that like yeah. the your best defense is just to try to out macho them like you they just you yeah you, you just like, your hands up you'll hear like pots banging and you'll know like a bear is moving through the campground hilarious. and people are just trying to scare you them ever off. have that experience yeah we had it yeah. although a very you know um humanizing moment was a fair a bear walked through our our campsite when i was little and stopped by our tent and i remember i was really scared and then it farted really loudly and then it just walked past and i was like well i mean maybe bears aren't that scary this is at nighttime yeah so you were like seeing like the shadows of a bear like in the movies yeah and we could hear it like snuffling around Fuck that. See, that's why I, that's why i don't i wouldn't camp like no i don't i'm good that's fair that's a reason like, but that was a life experience so mm -hmm. but then you went back to berkeley yeah i went back to berkeley uh -huh. and then i so i had another uh two and a half years left when i went back Damn. and um that's a lot that's a lot and <laughs> all my friends had left um you know a year in yeah, a year yeah. after that um and um i did like another year there and like made new friends but they were all younger which is like a whole you know sort of other thing emotionally and then i still had another semester and i was like if i have to spend another semester here i'm gonna lose my mind so i studied in the netherlands for my last semester no shit so that's amsterdam. why that happened i was in maastricht for the okay. first semester I've, amsterdam is like at the top of my like places that i'm I'm going to go very soon. It is, it is the best. You lived there, yeah, for I lived like there a for, long time, for three and a half years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, now, why did you pick Amsterdam, or why did you pick Netherlands? So my, when my sister and I went on a a trip together, and um, sister's older. She's two years older. Yeah. Um, and um, she had studied abroad in Madrid for um, a semester. She speaks Spanish? She does, yeah. My whole family speaks Spanish except for me. Um, Do you guys have any Latin? We don't, but my dad is a Spanish teacher and speaks fluently. Your dad's a white Spanish teacher? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a white Spanish teacher. Actually, I had a Jewish Spanish teacher in high school. Hola, Senora Schechter. Um, and I never showed up to the, to the class. The first, I'm like, are you fucking... Like, I grew, I, it's all Mexicans at my school. Like 90% Mexicans, like 5% black, 5% white. And I get a mm -hmm. fucking Jewish... I didn't even know... I mean, I knew what a Jewish person was. Mm -hmm. But like, I didn't go to school with Jewish people. Right. Like, we didn't have any that I knew we had a black Jewish person and I remember he had the star of David and I was like are you Jewish he's like yeah what's wrong with that I was like I've just never met a Jewish person <laughs> like uh, what was the popular uh school ties remember that movie I mean mm -hmm. you, you might be too young I'm sorry uh it came out when I was it came out like in the early 90s it had like it's got like everybody like Brendan Fraser Matt Damon Ben Affleck um Chris O'Donnell it's like oh. early 90s but it's a movie about this Jewish kid who's really good in football Brendan Fraser and uh recently won best actor yes um cheers but it's a, it's a really good movie but like he goes to like some like preppy school because he's a big football star and they all kind of like don't like him because he's jewish and i was like oh like and but anyway i had a jewish spanish teacher and mm -hmm. your dad's a white spanish teacher which he is, is a white spanish teacher and he, he teaches at a high school in south central so i don't think Whoa. he even has any white students yeah wow south central which one um it's called middle college okay it's a really small um school but still public school. Really? Important to him. Does he have yeah. metal detectors at his school? No, he doesn't. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's my vision. Like I, I picture like, you know, Crenshaw, Dorsey, like all of that. I know they have metal mm -hmm. detectors. Yeah, I mean, he, taught they used at, to. Um, he taught at Westchester for a while and they had metal, okay. metal detectors. Yeah. There, but yeah. Interesting. And then your mom, you say your whole family speaks Spanish. Yeah. That's upsetting to me as someone that's, <laughs> I'm pretty good at Spanish, but I'm not mm -hmm. fluent. Yeah. And it bothers me. I'm really mad that they didn't teach me when I was little. My mom so didn't teach me. She spoke it. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> that, like I and I took it for like 10 years. And 10? I, yeah. Oh, you should learn Spanish. Well, I know. But <laughs> I, I took it in college and um and then when I went to the Netherlands, I like never used it. Like I just right. lost everything. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But when I practice, I'm pretty good. But I don't like I have a lot of white friends and I'm sorry. Yeah, and I mean it's no, it's you don't have to be guilty. It's fine. I like I have I have I, have, I like white people. <laughs> I make jokes about them, but um, that's because like it's the only group of people we can really joke about mm -hmm. nowadays. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> there no one. Everyone's fine with you joking about white people or about yourself. You can't joke about any other group of people. But um, yeah, my mom never taught us because it was her first language. So I think she had kind of the struggle of you know, having to learn English and whatever. Um, and so she never taught us. And I'm just like, dude, and then everything I had learned, I learned in school and then I practiced and then, you know, got on the Rosetta Stone I'm in Duolingo. I'm pretty good, but I'm not fluent. Mm -hmm. um, but you're, 
you speak another language. You must. No. I, no so other languages. I, I lost it. So like okay. I, I just, my retention is terrible. So like when I was in the Netherlands, I spoke what I called restaurant Dutch. So uh -huh. I worked as a server so I could like, I could get through a conversation like uh -huh. that. Okay. Um, and I was working on it, but um, everyone there speaks better English than I do. Right. And if you try to speak Dutch to them, they'll switch to English because they'll be like, this is painful. My English is perfect. <laughs> Why would Stupid I listen Americans. to you slog through Dutch? Do they appreciate the effort at least? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's funny. I remember, uh, so in your special, I remember you talking about how like, you know, like, like you talk about like, as Americans, we think we're the best and whatever. And then you go some like somewhere like Europe and mm -hmm. you're like, no, you guys are like, like you guys are stupid or whatever. Yeah. And it's, does that, it's funny that you say that it's like, they're like, I would think like, cause I think it's because I'm Mexican, but like when I'm somewhere and I, they, they obviously can tell, I mean, not obviously, but like, usually they'll, they'll speak to me in Spanish and then I'll be like, uh, slow down a little bit. Um, and then I'll do my best to talk. And then I think they appreciate the fact that I at least am trying, but I think it's because I'm also brown. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. weird, but I learned like, at least in Spanish speaking places, they're usually like, they like the fact that I'm trying. Um, I know like my, so my dad, before he switched to being a teacher, he, he worked in like business, like exports of some kind. Uh -huh. And, um, and he also spoke French and he went to France uh -huh. um, on a trip and was speaking French. And he said they were so excited that okay, there was yeah. an American businessman that who tried. was speaking French. Yeah. yeah. For all that the French have a reputation of like right. hating Americans of trying course. to speak French. He said they were so amped. Like everyone was okay. just tickled. I really did did you start stand up in the Netherlands? So I I did two open mics at Berkeley and then I didn't do it for a year and a half. So okay. I, I count my start as being Got in Amsterdam. It. Yeah. Were you were were the open mics like on campus or like at a comedy because there's a couple of comedy clubs close by? There are. I did so the Starry Plow in Oakland was my first. What's it called? The Starry Plow. Starry Plow. Yeah. It's and that was like a true open mic. So okay. like music as the well. Best to do comedy yeah. <laughs> at an all purpose open mic. Yep. In front of just in between sad yeah. singer songwriters. Um, and homeless people. Yeah. I got pulled like third to last. So it was like 1 a.m. There were like four people left in the room awesome. by the time I went up. Did you bring right? friends to your first open mic? Absolutely not. Good. Okay, yeah. good. Don't do that. <laughs> It's one Don't. thing if you do like a booked show for your first time, if you want to invite your friend, just be like, hey, I suck. But like, if you want to come support, cool. But I've seen people bring their friends to their first open mic. And I'm like, just don't do that if you I'm want to have friends. I'm just blown away by the confidence. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't even let people come see me until maybe my fifth or sixth show until I was like, okay, I'm yeah. a little more settled. And even then, I think it was just my boyfriend and he had to beg to come. <laughs> so Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then you start, you did another open mic there and then you, but you, you technically, you feel like you started stand up. In Amsterdam, yeah. So that's, a, that's, that, that I was, I was going to kind of hope that that came up because that's one of the reasons I want to go to, well, I want to go to Amsterdam for a number of reasons. It's mm -hmm. always been like a place I want to go to. Um, but I know that they have some English comedy there, which I'm like, well, cool. Cause yeah. that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's what I'm really good at is English comedy. Right. I mean, <laughs> That's the only comedy that I can do is English comedy. Mm -hmm. But so is it all right, there's like they have specific English clubs now, I think. Um, so I don't know that I could list one that only does English. But no, not only, but have, like um, like they have like Yeah, they have pro English. Yeah, so yeah. like I was a house comedian for um oh. uh for a group there that had um yeah, club nights all in English. Okay. Um and and this English scene is exploding. So like when I first started, I think it was about five years old. And it has probably tripled in size since oh, wow. even in the time since okay. then. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to, cause I've done Canada, like all over Canada, but I'm like, I got to go overseas now. Mm -hmm. Like that's my next test. Yeah. And, um, if anyone's going to Amsterdam, that comedy thing is, um, it's a show that's like, it's the best indie comedy night I've ever done. Oh, um, it? well, we're going to talk about this afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they are, yeah. Cannot recommend them enough. Okay, and have been responsible for developing the talent of like seventy percent of the scene. So, so is the scene there? I mean, obviously, you were an expat, I guess, or whatever, living there. So, is <laughs> it is it people from there? Is it people also like other like Americans that are living there, or the mixture? Yeah, it's a really big mix. So there are um, there are a decent number of Dutch comedians who perform uh -huh. in English and Dutch. Okay, um, some Dutch comedians only perform in English because they like the English scene better. Okay. Um, and then, um, a fair number of Americans, British people, 
Um, and then, yeah, a lot of people from other European countries uh -huh. um, doing it uh, in their second language as wow. well. Um, and then the, we suck as Americans. I know right? we're the worst. We can't like that's, <laughs> and but but the thing is, is like, it's great to try to speak whatever language and learn. But like we, I feel like as a whole, I'm generalizing. But like we just expect everyone to speak English, and it's like, no, you're in a different country. Yeah. Like, but everyone does learn English, yes. so it's just like, okay, well, make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely. It, it was, I think it was a really good thing having to start out doing comedy there because the audience was also, um, it was basically the same mix. Uh -huh. Um, a lot of people listening to your comedy in a second language. And so you couldn't rely on any like common background right. when telling your jokes. Well, that's why I, I mean, like the first time I went to Canada, I mean, it was years ago, but I'm like, I don't know what they're gonna get what like obviously they speak english but like i don't know what references i don't i don't really talk about pop culture but i'm just like i just don't i just don't know like right. so yeah but that's why i want to go overseas because mm -hmm. like i you know obviously a lot of other places consume like our television and movies and stuff but it's like there's no guarantee that they're gonna know what you're talking about yeah so just are you funny enough to make people in other countries laugh like i, I love that challenge mm -hmm. and and you need to be able to figure out how to how to walk people somewhere really quickly, yeah. which I think is a, a good tool yeah, to yeah. have, like to be like, okay, maybe this isn't a collective understanding, but I need to get you there so I can get right. to my joke. Yeah, I mean, that's I think comedy anyway, any language, yeah. right? Uh, but so you said you had gone there with your sister at mm -hmm. some point. Oh, then... yeah. So I visited with my sister and I just like... Sorry, I jump around all the time. That's okay, don't worry. <laughs> um, that's fine, me too. Um, uh, we were only there for three days, but I just like fell in love with the city uh -huh. it was just like one of those how old places. were you when you first went 18 okay so you're old enough to do all of, like the things we didn't even we just what we had a very <laughs> <laughs> we had a very responsible trip um and still even so it just like the whole place clicked for me and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna live here one day really I just made that decision based off of three days but and you also knew that you didn't want to live in la yeah. so you were looking for like that like the next place yeah okay and you were like amsterdam this mm -hmm. is it. and then i studied in maastricht and then when i graduated um my sister had heard about this theater called boom chicago um yes. they have a festival there yes yeah, and yeah. i did my first hour at their first festival oh, wow. okay um, it was like it's fairly new right like it is years it's like old? three years old yeah, yeah 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 um i know a couple of comics that went just i think both the last two, I think. You know, Maxi. Yeah. Yeah, I met her okay. at that, which yeah, yeah. was Maxie fun when I moved to Amsterdam. I, think, I, wanted, I feel like Hannah also went. Hannah, I think she goes by Hannah Rose. Blonde hair, tattoos. Mm. Anyway. I wasn't at the last two. Okay. I was only the okay. first one, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I my sister convinced me to sign up for an, one improv class. She was like, just stay for eight weeks, do one improv class. Like, I had saved up money. Uh -huh. Um and then, yeah, I fell in love with the city like I thought I would. Um, I have an Irish passport, so I could stay and work um, in the EU. So um, I don't know how that works, but... Um, yeah, so I have dual citizenship. So because Ireland is in the EU with the Netherlands, uh -huh. Got it. you can work in any of the EU countries okay. if you have a passport to one of them. So, so why an Irish passport? I don't know any of this stuff. Oh, uh, my grandparents emigrated uh -huh. from Ireland as adults. and my That's, that's why you have red hair. Uh, it's dyed. I stole this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but my mom has red hair and I always wanted to look like her, hence the oh. red hair. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to look like my dad. Oh. Sorry, RIP, but <laughs> no. <laughs> my dad's Just dead. roast the dead dad. Wow. He, I talk about him a lot. Okay. It's okay. It's All right. Totally well, I look funny. forward to learning more about that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, he went to prison for drugs and it's oh, a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> well, there are worse things to go to prison for, but, um, uh, yeah, but so I had an Irish passport okay. so I could stay. So I signed gotcha. a year lease and then, um. Uh, I met my boyfriend, then I started doing stand-up, and then it just kind of spiraled from yeah. there. And then you were stuck there in the pandemic. I was, yeah. What was that like? I was a lot, yeah. Um, it was um, it was really scary at first, and, and especially because they were shutting down flights, so I didn't know like even if something did happen, right. if I was going to be able to get home. So there was a time where I was debating just like leaving and uh -huh. coming back. Um, but my whole life was there. My boyfriend and I lived together. I just didn't. Yeah, it, it sort of didn't seem quite necessary then. And then um, I had my first Christmas away from home because I didn't wow. feel safe flying back. Yeah. Um, 
that year. So um, this is 2020. 2020, yeah. yeah. Um, and then by the next year, I was able to get vaccinated, and then sort of everything got a little bit easier. Aren't you uh, glad you did that? Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of being sarcastic, but oh. I'm vaccinated too. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> people, I mean, my listeners know, but mm-hmm. if people are listening specifically for you, I just, I got all the shots and then I still got COVID. So fucking A. <laughs> yeah, I also got COVID, but I didn't die. <laughs> I didn't die. I, I, I don't think I would have died anyway, but um, it is what it is. But I just got to think that was a different experience you being there, obviously, than here. Yeah. Like, like, because... What was there was like some like Sweden or whatever was like didn't Sweden really Sweden had like no yeah like rules. they they were just like no we're good and it did not work out well we work out them. well but they were like open right like they, they were just, just open like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were like we're just gonna try for herd immunity yeah and they had a very high death toll so did the U S so it's like what do you do do you do it that way or do you do it this way well I guess the U S ha- had controls but they weren't really. Standardized across, yeah. Like I went to the, I went out to the country, and there was. Yeah, it's like you'd never know that COVID existed. It did not exist. Yeah. <laughs> like old people are hugging me, and you're gonna eat it in a restaurant. And I was like, this, is, like, I loved it because I just there's nothing more there's nothing more depressing than being here and being locked in your tiny little apartment, right. and then not being able to do anything. And it's just like you know, and I too like have depression and all mm-hmm. that stuff and it was just like this is not good so it was actually it was actually good for me to be out in the country and open and just been mm-hmm. like all right cool and all this shit is over i'll come back home which is mm-hmm. what it happened basically um but just different experiences like you got to experience covid in a different country yeah it, it was interesting like the first lockdown was actually <laughs> so i was doing whole 30 when <laughs> when it started so good luck doing that yeah. during a pandemic well so what's really funny is <laughs> i i think i started like two days before the lockdown came wow. in and um and i felt because i was trying to figure out like a, a reaction i was having and i didn't figure out a reaction to anything but i felt amazing the whole time okay. that i was on it and then i introduced food back and i still felt great and then things reopened and i started feeling sick again and i was like oh i think i just don't like being around other people i was like which is very <laughs> fair uh, i was like man i was really hoping there'd be an easier answer like just stop eating peanuts and you'll right. feel better but i was like no i have to go back to therapy that sucks so you you you're very open about this in your special and stuff mm-hmm. and being shy or not being shy but like maybe like a little awkward and yeah. i love that like i think for me like i said we don't have similar comedic styles as in general but we're both storytellers we both talk about ourselves like you know, like the issues that we have and stuff like that, which I appreciate. Um, so is it like, do you have social anxiety or do you just not like people? Because I don't have social anxiety, but people do piss me off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have. I Well, I have generalized anxiety. So like okay. just everything sort of low grade Got it. makes me anxious. Um, I, I've gotten a lot better about talking to people through like uh-huh. very cultivated work on that. Like I, I don't think that I was naturally good at that Uh um but it hasn't eased like now i'm sort of okay in the moment it's the cycling afterwards that i still deal with a lot like after you have to deal with people yeah then i'll go home like after this podcast are you gonna have like i'm gonna be like you stupid (laughs) this is only gonna be broadcast through thousands of people on the internet oh god Um, great i didn't say millions because no there's not millions (laughs) sorry um okay so here's my question because I'm sure everyone is asking and I'm asking in my head. So you're in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Like, do you do all the drugs or? Um, I did a lot of drugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands of people. Great. I'm glad I just quit my job. Good. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you talked to, you yeah. told me that when, you, when I messaged you. Um, yeah. I'm all for quitting jobs. I think I said that too. Yeah, I'm you like, did, I'm 100%. all for quitting jobs that you hate, dude. Yeah. I, I've done it so many times. I, I don't enjoy it, but. I do enjoy it because if you do it in person, there's like a, like the person on the other side thinks that you need this job or like, because they need it. And when, and you're just like, I don't give a fuck about this job, dude, like Mm -hmm. peace. And like that look when they're like, Oh, like, like this person's going to go out and do whatever they want. And I'm still stuck at this fucking place when I thought I had something like, no, dude, I don't give a fuck about this job. This time was actually pretty satisfying for me because I was, (laughs) I was getting really frustrated with the way it 
the company ran uh-huh. and like we i worked in the mail room which was way overqualified for it. and i um <laughs> we were always the last to find out if anything changed and i got uh-huh. really irritated and i like went into my manager's office and i was like this is ridiculous like we keep getting in trouble for things that we haven't been told about and she was like well if you have a problem you should be bringing this up with salma who's like your direct superior probably shouldn't name drop the people involved no and, name um, drop the fuck out of people and, are you serious uh well i like Salma. okay but sorry then uh, louise. i went back we'll call her louise <laughs> yeah louise instead. i went back to the to the mail room and then salma got called into her office and she got in trouble uh. and the boss was like well your people shouldn't be storming in and like yelling at me i was like i didn't yell at her i just went in and was like this sucks and then i went in the next day and i was like hey i'm sorry i recognized that was unprofessional of me also here's my two weeks notice and then i walked out and i was like <laughs> did they let you stay for two weeks uh they were willing to let me leave earlier but i actually stayed for two and a half because i wanted more money oh, okay. I, also wanted to I, I i love when like you put the two weeks and they're like well today's your last day you're like fucking thank you i i was like feeling bad i want to do the right thing mm-hmm. which actually kind of sucks like you said like i mean everyone has different circumstances uh sometimes you might need that money you know so you're like oh, i'll just I'll wait it out two more weeks but on principle i hate a two weeks notice because they don't give you two weeks notice well i know and, that, and that's what i was saying it's like yeah. okay so i'm doing the right thing but you guys are going to be fucking shady so yeah. whatever dude <laughs> i i did quit one job without notice and i i have I have a joke about it. I'm not going to do my bit, but like everyone that listens for me knows that during the pandemic, I worked at Ashley Furniture for a short period of time. Ah, um, by flappers? No, this is in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh. I went to Oklahoma during COVID and I would say I was in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just needed a job and I was like, all right, it paid pretty well. Um, but I got really upset because when I got hired, long story short, but... Um, when I applied, they creeped on my social media, found out I was a comedian. And then when they called me for the interview, like to come in for the interview, they told me that they creeped on my social media. Because I guess they do that now. Jobs do that. Be careful what you post on social. Right. But they saw that I was a comedian. And so they're like, you're a comedian? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, we watch your videos. We think you're hilarious. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> I have a lot of stuff that is not like hireable, like stuff that I talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Um, and they're like, no, we think you're funny. We think you'd be great at this job. And I was like, well, I still do comedy. It's just weird because it's COVID. I'm not really on the road as much. So when clubs start opening, like I'm going to, and they're like, oh yeah, it's cool. We'll work with you. And then, you know, I find out a few weeks later when I asked for some time off for gigs, they're like, oh, you can only, uh, so when you work at Ashley, fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> you're only allowed your first year of employment at Ashley Furniture. You're only allowed to request one weekend off. One. And then you have to work every other sat every Saturday for for like you might get Friday off or Sunday, but you will work every Saturday. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. I'm gonna be here any longer than I have to. Yeah, no and then there was a series of events, but I quit. Like I sold the most furniture I ever sold in one day. <laughs> like, and then I emailed like whoever HR and I was like, I'm not coming back. It's a power move. It was fucking great. Because they, they were like, oh, wow, good job. And then I fucking quit. And I'm like, yeah, it's like John Crook. It's fucking base hit, his last at bat, but didn't tell anyone his last at bat. He just got a base hit, fucking came into the dugout and retired. Like, that's the, that's the way to do it. Like John Elway retiring, you know, on Super Bowl champion. These are all athletes, which yes. you may or may not. I don't know if you follow sports at all. Not but, really. Although yeah. I did say, I did see the Angels game last night. You did. Where Shohei Otani scored two home runs and struck out 10 yeah, he's pretty good. Which was pretty cool. It, did you go to the game? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Are you yeah. like, do you normally go to baseball games? I'll go sporadically. Okay. But my, it's just my dad and I at home right now. I live okay. With my parents and everyone else is out of town. Okay. And um, my dad had been reading about Otani and was getting. Really he's. I mean, about he's. Him. He's. I have a. I also have a baseball podcast. I don't really talk about him, but he's. It's. It's pretty as a baseball fan. Um, it's very exciting. Even if he wasn't Japanese, mm-hmm. like it would be cool because it's pretty much it's never been done before that he's a good pitcher and, and a great hitter yeah. and a power hitter and like all that stuff. I could talk baseball all day. <laughs> um, but the fact that he's from Japan and he's bigger for like a, a Japanese guy, like he's tall, he's muscular, like and it's putting so many eyes because here's this foreign person dominating in an american sport you know and it's like it's just cool it's fun mm-hmm. yeah and he might be a dodger next year which is very exciting 
Oh. Dodgers are going to throw all the money at him. <laughs> I will fucking pay whatever inflated ticket sales, fucking hot dogs, whatever. If they bring Shohei Otani, I don't care. Pay him whatever he wants. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not my money. It's the Guggenheims have plenty of money. So the Guggenheims are part of the collective group that I owns assumed. the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So I want to talk. I'm going to shift mm-hmm. gears a little bit. Um, so you filmed a special. Mm-hmm. When did you film it, by the way? February. Oh, so pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, I I did my I, I filmed a special when I was in Oklahoma. I, I took mm-hmm. advantage of the fact that I'm from LA. Now I'm stuck in the country during a fucking pandemic. Like I want to document this. And is this I know what you did last quarantine. I know you did last a, quarantine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I worked on a farm. My ex girlfriend was uh, her family has a big farm out there. Whatever. So that's what I was doing. That's how I spent my quarantine, and I wanted to document it. Um, and I was doing like little, like funny, like TikTok videos and whatever I would post, but I started like my, the, you know, as an artist, I feel like we're always trying to create things. Um, and I just wanted something to kind of cement the fact that like, this was my quarantine experience. So I found a barn that we, that I rented out and hired a crew and fucking shot my own special. And you also shot your own special. So how did that come about? Like, is it something that you were thinking about or did someone like, Hey, you should Um, film or? Yeah, so I, so I did an hour at the first Boom Chicago uh-huh. festival, and that was filmed by two friends of mine. And um, I always felt like it was called Slowpoke, and the hour, I, I don't think it's terribly strong. Like it, it was my first one, but I ended up sort of I toured with that hour a little bit afterwards, and I like completely replaced a twenty minute section. Yeah. Um, and then that was supposed to that was filmed as well, and um the the taping of it got damaged so that never got to be released um this has happened to me with like short films and stuff that i've done yeah um so that was pretty frustrating um and so i wanted sort of this newer version but i was getting kind of tired of of slowpoke and then when i moved to la i was also which i talk about in half and half um i was dealing with a lot of like some of the most like severe mental illness that I've ever dealt with, which is saying a lot for my life. <laughs> and um, I really was having a hard time getting out there to Mike's uh-huh. and I knew I needed uh, motivation. So I just booked a theater and I was like, whatever I have done by that time, I'm going to put up and I'm going to film. So okay. yeah, I better be ready. So let me ask you this. Cause I was, ha- I had these questions and I forget my questions a lot. I'm sorry. Um, because in LA, it, I do the road a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I get to do, you know, half hours, 45s, an hour, like a lot. So like I can build an hour. But it's really hard to do it in LA because you don't get more than five, 10 minutes. So how did you build an hour while you're here? Yeah. So part of the reason the show, was, I mean, I cheated a little. The show was called Half and Half is because I split. So it was half old. Yeah. Um, it actually ended up being about three quarters new and a quarter old so i pulled my favorite stuff from Slowpoke, uh-huh. and then i i still use that so i only had to come up with about another 45 minutes that's a lot um yeah i did um there's a women's mic in burbank called witty titties that is awesome i've seen um postings of it yeah it's called witty titties witty titties witty titties yeah <laughs> yeah and um uh that is even though it's only five minutes um you can sign up for like three slots a right. night yeah. um and it's every week and the woman who runs at Genesis is amazing. And it's actually a really useful room. Like, uh-huh. and, and that's a big part of my issue with LA open mics is I don't find many of them useful. Like LA even, open mics suck. Yeah. Even if you go and you like, even if they give you 10 minutes, like 10 minutes in front of three comedians who aren't paying attention is not a terribly the useful time. Yeah. There's, I could do that alone in my room. And you could, and you would same. get just as much out. Yeah. And or, I wouldn't pay to do it. Or <laughs> I don't condone this, but in conversation you can oh yeah run this my poor parents i have tried out so much yeah, stuff on, and you, they've started to clock it they're like are you doing the stand-up on us again right like, and you're like yeah it's better than going to a mic yeah um and so i i that was like really my primary tool honestly. so you built your hour just doing open mics like five minutes at a time yeah Fuck, that's hard yeah i don't was, recommend that i don't recommend Next that time. either <laughs> yeah it was not a great time <laughs> I was slogging through it, um, and but I knew I needed that deadline because if I didn't have it, I wasn't. I was just because it's not fun. I don't. I don't even, like. I used to really love open mics in Amsterdam, uh-huh. and it's probably just, different. It's extreme. People yeah. 
will pay. Well, yeah, I was to say like when I I do the road a bunch, like, and sometimes like it's funny because, you know, local comics will hang out at the club, and you know, they think it's when you are in another city doing comedy, and they find out you're from LA, it automatically you have like a little bit of like clout and respect, and they're like, oh you want to come to this open mic? And like, at first I'm like, I'm not going to open mic because my experience at open mics is what you're experiencing. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go open mic. And I'm like, no, it's really fun. There's like, there's people. I'm like, wait, there's people. And like, so I would, if I'm on the road, like, and someone invites me or whatever, like, I'm like, yeah, I'll go. And like, yeah, you go to these open mics that like there's people at and they're laughing. And it's like, it, it's like a real crowd. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, it's almost like a show. And to some of the comics, it kind of is, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not maybe getting booked at the local club. Um, so they promote it like it's a show, but it's an open mic. Anyone can show up and do five or a lot of times, like if we're, if they know that we're working the club, they'll give us like an extra, but like, you're like, oh, this is a way different open mic experience than what I get in LA. And I don't have to pay yeah. $5 or $10, do it. which is because you have to pay for mics here, yeah. which sucks. And I remember when I came here, I was like so full of righteous anger. I was like, I'm not going to pay to do open mics. Don't. And it's like, well, if I wanted to, if I want to get stage time <sighs> yeah. in LA. It's, there's, uh, a, there's a couple ways to do it, but yeah. yeah, I agree. It's it's Yeah. I think after I drove to Hollywood and parked in a lot and paid like $5 to perform for two other comedians, I was like, I have to find out yeah. another way. You got to get on the road, man. I know. And that is sort of my next step, especially now that I just quit my job. Yeah, fuck it. I've heard good things about like San Diego. Yeah, that's, I'm talking like road. Road, like, road? Yeah, like San Diego. I mean, San Diego is great, but San Diego has a little bit of LA where, I mean, you have like the Laugh Factory, which is kind of run like the Laugh Factory here. It's like more showcase style. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have like kind of road clubs. Like there's, they have a ton of clubs, um, but it's, you know, you got a lot of people from LA down there. It's like, I'm talking like, either like rural like somewhere up north um there's a lot of comedy clubs like like away from like san fran and like Mm -hmm. um or like just a completely different state like it it really like my first time performing in another state i don't even remember it's been so long i feel like it was i feel like my first out of state was reno which is a whole other thing but i was like oh oh i'm so funny here and then i went to (laughs) like idaho and i'm like oh Actually, yeah, maybe Idaho. I, I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember my first road gig outside of California anymore. Um, but you're like, okay, because there's like, a, you know, I'm trying to give you like a, a comedy lesson, but like, there's LA funny like stuff that you know will get laughs here, you know, and then you go other places and you're like, oh wait, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. And so it, I feel like it just makes you generally stronger mm-hmm. and funnier, and but also like sometimes more validating because you're like, oh wait, yeah, I'm funny. <laughs> fuck these comics at the open mic they don't want to laugh at my jokes you know mm-hmm. um but so what made you want to film it just were you like tired of doing the jokes and you're like i gotta get these on tape before i get tired of telling them or i think i just felt like i learned my lesson from the last two so like the first slow poke the uh-huh. filming is i mean the filming is great for the fact that both of my friends filmed it uh-huh. you know for free um that's huge and then um the uh the second one you know the filming error happened because the the guy who was operating it didn't really know how to use his camera <laughs> and i was just like well i want to have like i want to remember what what these jokes are and like yeah. this like in and also it was sort of like it was my first big performance here in front of a lot of people who had never seen me live uh-huh. um you know like friends and family who had been following from afar my sister flew out for it from boston like i just felt like a big moment that i wanted memorialized in like high quality so yeah. i hired someone to do it and of course there's still people complaining on the on the video about how it's the quality isn't good which cracks me up because i'm like i don't know what you're expecting I'm, I, <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> The thing is, it's like, fuck those people. Are these like people that you know or just like random people? Just ra- Well, that's a weird thing is so like half and half, I, I I mostly filmed it also so like my friends in Amsterdam could watch it Okay. because they wanted to see my new stuff. Uh-huh. And I put it up for them to see on my YouTube channel that had like 14 subscribers. And it somehow, it has close to 20,000 views and uh-huh. I don't know who these people are watching it's it. It's algorithm, man. It's, and that's what's great about YouTube. It is great, but also like I just can't even imagine clicking on a random 
comedians. It recommends, it, you know, if, if you, I mean, how many times, I mean, I don't know if you have Netflix, but like, are you just sitting there and the Netflix recommends something? You're like, okay. And then you watch it and you're like, all right. And I mean, I do, but I feel like YouTube, it's like, I could be anybody yeah. doing anything. And, and so that was also kind of a whoa moment for me. I got my first negative comment and, um, what was it? Someone said like, oh, you almost made a joke. <laughs> that was the whole comment like, and then someone else was like not funny couldn't get through the first four minutes i was like okay um but you know sorry people listening damaging the sponsor sure <laughs> um but oh, overwhelmingly they were nice but it was my first time where i've never really had second thoughts about like how open i am about like mental health and like the realities like this secret parts of my life yeah and that was my first real moment of like oh if things get any bigger, I might need to do some recalibrating because it's a bigger scale for negative commentary that yeah. I need to figure out. I mean, yeah, I, I, I personally, this is just me and everyone. That's why comedy is subjective, right? Um, I love knowing, like feeling like I have a sense of who that person is through their stand. I mean, like Pryor was super famous for doing that. George Carr, like all the greats, like you remember like their stories, you know, Gabriel Iglesias, great storyteller that you're just like, oh yeah, like I know all these people in his life. I know your boyfriend. I know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's more important than whatever. I mean, it, you're vulnerable. Like, and so am I, like I, I talk about, and I didn't realize I was, cause I was just talking about my experience, but it was when I started, like when other people would come up to me after shows and be like, oh, hey, like, my dad went to prison too. My dad was a meth addict mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Like, and I was like, oh, like, cause it's, I feel like if you're like the drug addict in the family or whatever, like maybe people don't talk about you and stuff and you know what I mean? But I'm like, this is my dad mm -hmm. and everybody has that person. They just, a lot of times, like I said, don't talk about it, but I feel, I don't know. I feel like that was really like when I turned a corner and then I just started talking about everything in my life and I was like, okay, well. You know, so I, I don't want to, I wouldn't worry. I think it makes you, I think it makes people want to relate to you. I mean, I definitely think like, I do want to keep being vulnerable, but I think, and that is, I think a core component of my comedy and that's important to me. And so like, that's what I'm interested in talking about. Yeah. Um, I think it just made me like before I didn't think at all about what I was putting on stage about uh -huh. myself. And it just made me sort of go, okay, maybe, maybe I just add a little touch of a filter. Right. Knowing yeah. that there are going to be total and complete mean bully strangers out there watching yeah and there's always gonna be and honestly i'm still not convinced after just listening to so many podcasts on this topic like i'm not convinced that all of them are even real people at this point like, like bots you mean yeah like that because bot farms is definitely a thing right and they're made to get people fighting and to make us unhealthy mentally like i mean it's a real thing like it's not a conspiracy and i'm not a conspiracy person they exist mm -hmm. um but then also there's just sad people on the internet that get off by talking shit like you know what i mean like one of my friends shout out to rachel wolfson um she was on uh, your mom's house this big podcast mm -hmm. and people are like talking about her and it's just like why like <laughs> like like who i i've been how long has youtube been around 15 years or so 18 years i've never look at fucking see yeah, he had that right yeah mark thank you uh i've never gone or on anybody's com on, on any platform but i feel like it's more common on youtube because you could just create an account and yeah. not um that people post negative comments i've never posted a negative comment on a video of somebody Ever. Yeah, I mean, it would never even occur to me. You're not like, a horrible just, person. I can't understand that. Thinking. It's a horrible people, but it's also like you got to think about it. Like they're coming from a place they're probably not happy with themselves. Yeah, sure. And that's just they're projecting, and it's it is what it is. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be out there. Like I respond to all of them. I was just like, thanks for watching, because I get a lot too. Like mm -hmm. you know, people talk shit. This isn't funny. And like thanks for watching because it. It helps the algorithm when I respond. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to talk shit. Every I, I have a ratio. My ex-girlfriend used to get mad when I would talk shit back to people because I grew up in the hood. So like, if you talk shit to me, like we might fight, mm -hmm. you know, but she's like, what, what do you like? Cause I, I would really get into it with people sometimes. And then I was like, yeah, you're right. I need to step back. Um, 
so now I just every one out of ten comments that every one out of ten negative comments I will talk shit back. Mm -hmm. But that's it. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. One out of ten is like good, and then I'll screenshot it and then I'll post it, and everyone's like, "You got him." I'm like, "Thank you." Like, you know what I mean? Like, somebody wrote like, "I don't know," because like you said, you're talking about algorithms. Like, I don't know why Facebook recommended this. I don't have the sense of humor of a 60 year old man or something like that. And I don't remember. I don't remember what the joke was, but I was like, "It's probably because Facebook algorithm recognizes that I fucked your mom." Hilarious. (laughs) Like whatever, but I'm only gonna do that one out of every ten negative comments. You don't. I'll just say thank you. And then a lot of times when people talk shit, and I like, I'm thanks for watching. Some a lot of times they will come back and be like, you know, it must be hard doing comedy. Keep it up, or like they'll they'll recognize that because like I think a lot of people want that attention negative because it's mm-hmm. it's still attention, right? And so when you kind of just respond as a person and thanks and whatever, God bless, whatever, you know, they're like, oh, shit, like this person's nice. Or, and then they kind of back up. A little, I don't know. That's what I found. But right. I say you, if you're going to post something on the Internet, you just got to be ready for a bit negative comments. And I just, know it's like and it's like I can understand everything ideologically, but it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah, for no, I get I it. And especially like, I, you know, I I will talk about mental health all the time. I talk, just did a post today about how working out helps me and whatever and deal with all the shit that I have going on um, and that can fuck with you. But it's just like also like I've been through way worse shit than mm-hmm. somebody that I've never met that's right. probably never had sex with a girl talking shit to me on the Internet. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I love the fact that you did it, dude. So you shot it here somewhere, I'm assuming? Yeah, in North Hollywood at a theater called The Loft, Okay, um, which was awesome. And you yeah, did it one take? I did, yeah. Fuck, dude, that's so stressful. <laughs> that's so stressful. Because I did that too, but it wasn't... like I was trying to do two... So I've done... This is... I didn't put the audio out for this one. Like, I had two albums that I did before that I did, like, two tapings in case something happens or mm-hmm. whatever. You have both in case someone messes up the recording or whatever. Right. You have two. And the first one that I did that did happen, luckily we had two shots at it. So... Um, I didn't put the audio out, but I wanted to do two filmings in case I messed up and then I just couldn't get enough people there because I did it in Oklahoma mm-hmm. to do two. Um, so I was like, I had a little bit more stress going into that filming. And of course I fucked up. Uh, nobody could tell that I fucked up, but like I left, like I, we finished and I walked out of the barn cause I rented a barn <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> This tag, so if you see me live and you've seen my special, or maybe you watch this after listening to this, um, there's one bit that I do on the special that I fucked up on. You won't notice that I fucked up, but it's much better. I still do it on stage sometimes um, because it's much better when I don't fuck it up. Um, But I fucked up a couple other parts and I was just like so mad. But like like I said, no one could tell, but I could tell. So it's just like, but because I was stressed because I knew I only had to, one shot right and i didn't the thing was though i I was in the moment while i was doing it i didn't realize i had forgot a couple things and whatever until after the fact and then my she's my ex-girlfriend now but my girlfriend at the time she was like oh you forgot the part and i was like fuck and i wanted to be like guys we need to go back in and (laughs) i gotta do this part but it's just like whatever dude it's it's a a time capsule of that period in my life and Mm -hmm. this is very morbid of me thinking because I think a lot of people, I think a lot more people should put more of their stuff out, either in a special or like 15 minute clip, just like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, this is, this is my thinking. And I've talked about this on here, but like, if I died, I hope I don't until I'm 104. But if I died, like, I want people to see what I worked on the last three years or so, like you know, on the road and whatever, like people that don't get to see me. Like I want to, I want them to see that because at some point I'm not going to do those jokes anymore. And so I want them just, I want there to be, if I died, I want people to be like, man, he was a comedian. That's crazy. Let me go see. Cause you know, that's how it happens. People die. And then everyone wants to go listen to their music or go watch their stuff. <laughs> and they're like, Oh wow. Like that's, that's great. And so like, I just always want to have those little time capsules of those periods in my life, you know? Yeah. I, I think about it, not even in terms of death, but just like, I really, I'm glad that I'm going to have like such a clear, yeah, like a time capsule for myself of like, yeah. this is what I was like at 25. And then you see what. This is what I was like yeah. at 28. And, you see uh, how you evolve as a comic and yeah. 
whatever, you know, like, yeah, fuck what they say. Just put, <laughs> put that shit out, man, for real. I'm serious. Yeah. Like, what are you waiting for? Just put it out. Especially like, like you said, you had 20,000 people like that you don't know. I mean, some of them, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, you just never know who's going to see it, who's going to, you know, who it's going to resonate with. Like, just, just do it, man. Mm-hmm. So now that it's out. Are you like, is all that stuff retired or no. you still? Yeah, I think yeah. now I'm my my goal now is I just keep doing this like weird merging thing. So my goal, I'm actually Christina uh, uh-huh. Leonard, who put us in touch. Yeah. She and I are planning on splitting like an hour okay. um, towards the end of summer. So uh-huh. we each get a half hour together um, because I'd like to have my fully new hour, which would be the new stuff from half and half uh-huh. and then replace the old okay. stuff entirely. And you guys are doing my show in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know where Apple Valley is? um loosely it's i looked at it far she and i are road tripping together yeah i know i mm-hmm. try to do that when i book people because it's a long it's when you guys drive back it'll be like 90 minutes probably mm-hmm. if you guys are in north hollywood it's probably it might be less mm-hmm. but when you drive out there depending on what time you leave just <laughs> know that it's going to take like three hours probably i i always my, my family lives up there and so like whenever i i had shows there in the past i would just go up there early before the traffic work out whatever do something and then mm-hmm. that way because for me that's much better than sitting in traffic and doing yeah. nothing but if you have a carpool buddy it's you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's cool um what's uh what's your so what's your next goal comedy wise so the next goal is to um yeah well i'm, I'm in the finals of this comedy competition so we'll see how that goes uh-huh. and then um I want to get this half hour so I can have a new hour by the end of the year. That's wow. sort of my end goal. Um, uh, and I'd like to record that as well. And um, I'm going to go back to Amsterdam for a couple of months. Okay, because your boyfriend's um, there. Boyfriend's still there. All yeah. my friends are still there. And now, I, I wish I, I, I wish I would have had time to get into that because I know that you guys don't see each other a lot. Yes. Which <laughs> is hard. Yeah, um, we've been doing long distance for, for two years yeah. now. I was doing cool. long distance for a year. And we weren't even there. It was Oklahoma um and we still saw each other like a lot but whatever yeah didn't work out same yeah i'm sorry (laughs) if you're out there (laughs) she knows i miss her it's fine Mm um yeah like it's it takes it's challenging being in other states i can't imagine overseas like yeah it's a nine hour time difference yeah so so you gotta like facetime FaceTime. i used to call him on my way to work because that was right when he was getting off work um and then we'll just call each other whenever we have a random moment, yeah. basically. Okay. Um, yeah. What are your comedy goals for this year? Um, I can't share them on the internet just yet. <laughs> okay. um, I Well, I can share one of them. So I have all this, like, it, people that know me, like, I have, I used to talk about my ex a lot and just, because it was just such a different experience me like i had this whole separate life from like i'm from here but i spent a lot of time in the country and like i really embraced it like i mean there's a lot of parts i didn't like like i I could do without the confederate flags and like the racism that i can tense like you know sense you know under whatever some underlying some like right there in plain sight Mm -hmm. but um i do have a lot of material that like now that we're not together anymore like i feel not that I don't want to do it. I just, I need to move past it. And so like, I want to, I have like a bunch of like Oklahoma material that I just want to be done with. And I have like merch of some of it. Like, I just want to be done with it. So I would like, I would also like to film like at least like a half hour. That's kind of just like, all right, dude, like this is, I'm done with this part of my life. Like, I mean, yeah, like I have all this material that I just feel i feel dirty telling it on stage because it's not my it's not my truth anymore i hate saying that truth but like but it brings it is what the, the feeling yeah. of it is like and also like i feel like audiences can tell when it's not who you are anymore it, well and, and i and i said like because i mean at first i was like fuck like this is, i had a girlfriend when i wrote this joke and now we're not together <laughs> anymore but check this out and so now it's like i don't really talk about it at all anymore but i do have this chunk that i'm like oh, i kind of want to do something with it like so i would like to kind of film i kind of have an idea of what i want to do um so that's a goal um i mean it's always a goal to get on tv doing stand-up and stuff like but i don't have control over that mm-hmm. um so there's uh, stuff that i can control it's just I, I would like to just kind of get that time capsule out and mm-hmm. that's it 
Yeah, my I have a friend, Sarah Warren, who's also, she's a comedian in uh, Montreal, and her mom died last year. And anytime she and I are discussing, like, what sets she's going to do, I have to be like, is your mom alive in this set or not? Because her mom's alive for about half her jokes. Oh, yeah, and yeah. so, um, but it, yeah, it's really interesting just the way that you sort of, like, you manipulate your life for, like, what works for your jokes at yeah. that time. And then at a certain point, it But you got to right. live life, too, I feel like. Like, I mean, it's so easy, especially here in L.A., to, like just bury yourself in the hustle of it all. And that's great too, because you have to. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like my experiences and I feel like yours, just from what I know from listening to your standup, and it's just like, like I wouldn't have my standup without all these experiences. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's great to be on the grind, but like you got to live a little bit too. So just find that balance, I think. Um, so, okay. So do you have any, uh, I'll, I'll put your socials on the show notes but in case there's people listening that don't or watching um that don't know how to use show notes where can they find mm -hmm. you on social media you can find me at um at olivia flood wiley uh that's my last name uh without the hyphen so f-l-o-o-d-w-y like yankee l-i-e okay. um you can find me on youtube that's where both of my specials are half and half and slowpoke and i'm just yep. olivia flood wiley comedy Okay. I'll put it in the show notes, but like I said, I know people don't know how to use show notes. Um, if you're listening to this uh, next weekend, which might be this weekend, depending on where you listen to it, um, I'm going to be in Vegas at Notoriety Live uh, July 7th and 8th. That's in downtown in the Fremont area. So that should be interesting. Um, never been there before. And then uh, the week after, I'm going to be in Austin July I want to say that's like 15th and 16th, whatever that Friday and Saturday is. Um, and then the week after that, I'll be in Medford, Oregon, July 21st and 22nd. I might be fucking up these dates, you guys. Uh, yeah, I think July 15th is the Apple Valley show. No, no, no. July 12th is the Apple July Valley 12th. show. Ooh. Yeah, so 14th and 15th, Austin, 16th. And then, like I said, 21st and 22nd of July, I'll be in Oregon. That's all you guys need to know for now. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It helps us with the algorithm. Um, rate it, share it, all those things. Those help too. Same thing with Spotify. Um, follow Olivia. Come to our show if you're in the high desert because we're going to be at my show in Apple Valley, July 12th. Um, and support live comedy, man. It makes us, you know, get validated and stuff yeah. like without an audience, <laughs> there's no live comedy. So, uh, but anyway, thanks you guys for listening or watching if you're watching and, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.